so much for joining me today. I am really excited to bring my friend Simona here today. She is with Costantini Productions and she does some pretty cool work. Uh, we first met together being on a panel at PodFest in Orlando, Florida, and we just, I could tell that we were like soul sisters uh, just from being on that that little panel together. Um, and so I'm just really excited to have her share a little bit about what she does and a little bit about her expertise just in the podcast production space. Um, so Simona, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on here with you today. And I could not agree with you more. I had the best time being on that panel with you. <laughs> It was, it was very clear. I feel like from that panel that there were like some personalities that jived and some that you were like, we'll probably just be acquaintances. <laughs> I'll probably talk to you never again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I honestly, when we were on that panel, I was like, oh, I was like, this is so great. Like we just bounced our ideas flowed so well off of each other. Yeah. Um, and I just knew I was like, she, like, she knows what she's talking about. She knows. Well, what we have very about. similar perspectives, I think to yeah. like how we approach projects and content yeah. and all of that. So I, exactly. yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. Just, you don't always meet new friends by being a speaker necessarily. Um, but in our case, just being on that panel together was, I don't know if we would have connected otherwise at the event. So I'm really glad that yeah, we I don't were think so. together. Exactly. Me too. And now we're here. And now we're here and we're going to talk a little bit about your expertise and, um, some of the things that you've seen with your clients. So, um, why don't you give people a little bit of background as to what you do day in and day out? Yeah, I would love to. So like you mentioned, um, my business is called Costantini Productions. Um, it's a full service podcast production agency. And I actually run it out of my home with my team and my team is virtual, which is great. Um, and we help entrepreneurs in the health, wellness, marketing, and kind of like entertainment spaces, launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts. So everything from helping them create their, you know, podcast idea and wrap their head around, you know, what all the components are of their show all the way to the full execution and the full launch of their show, and then helping them monetize it afterwards and help them grow and, and uh, secure some amazing guests. That's wonderful. So you're kind of like the one-stop shop in terms of like, if somebody wants to really dive into podcasting. They're not sure where to start. They're not sure how to keep it going. Um, is that a correct, correct Absolutely. statement? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I like to tell my clients, like, you know, the only thing you really have to do is hit record and send me the file. We really do take care of everything else. Mm. I mean, of course they have to do approvals and all of that stuff. Sure. Um, but it really is that one-stop shop where, you know, if you're looking for someone to edit, to produce, to help you with content, you know, to do the social media side, um, we've really thought the entire process out mm -hmm. because what I was finding is, you know, people don't really, especially if you're a really busy entrepreneur, people don't want to do their show. They just want to hit record. You know what I mean? So I was like, yeah. how could I create something that allows people to do exactly what they want to do and stay in their own zone of genius, their own expertise and what they actually enjoy doing every day. So they can tap into their own inner flow and they can create from a space that they want to create from instead of having to worry about how do I edit this? Like, should I remove all of the ums? Like, does this edit sound good? Or like, should uh -huh. I upload it? Like, how do I upload it? And all the, we just take the guesswork out of it and it just makes it so much easier for them. Yeah. What do you feel like has been the biggest barrier for most people to start podcasting or to stay consistent with it? 
So I would say questions. (laughs) No, it's good. No, no, no. It's such a good question. Um, and I have two answers for them because I feel like these two are really like tied at the top for me. And from what I see, the first is that imposter syndrome. Like, what Mm -hmm. am I going to talk about? You know, how do I get started? What's the first step? Will people even listen to me? All of that is wrapped into that imposter syndrome. And I think that comes from that feeling of like, you know, not enoughness, you know, like those small inklings that we get that tell us like we shouldn't do something or can't do something. The other side, and this is a huge piece is the tech. People are so confused with the tech. What microphone do I choose? Do I need headphones? Should I record with headphones? Do I record on zoom? Should I do something else? How do I get it uploaded to the hosting platform? Right? Like how do I get it on Spotify? How do I get it on Apple? Um, how do I make an intro? Yeah. All of those little details people are so confused with. And so it makes sense though, because if you don't know how to do it, how would you know how to do it? You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, those two are definitely the top two uh, biggest, biggest pain points that people have when they're starting out. Yeah. I mean, I can resonate with a lot of that. I think the imposter syndrome pops up anywhere, whether you're posting about a podcast episode or you're trying to post on Instagram or LinkedIn, like the imposter syndrome can really take a toll. Um, and then, yeah, the tech, I mean, I keep things pretty simple on my end, but I know just from attending events like PodFest that you can get pretty technical. And if you, depending upon your personality, if you're the kind of person that like dives into all those details upfront, you can get really overwhelmed and it can prevent you from just even getting started. So I absolutely agree. It's so true. And like, you know, when I first started and even now, like, uh, you know, when I do my podcast, it's very simple. Like I do the entry, I use Riverside FM cause I like it, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's simple. It's, it's kind of similar to zoom. It's like, you know, you're two person side by side. I have my mic, I have my headphones that I like to put in just in case. And that's literally it. Like it's not anything yeah. fancy, but then you have people who like to stream and you people go live and then so on, so on. And like, I'm in the process of starting up a new podcast about podcasting. And that one is so different. Like it's shot on an actual camera and it's very video heavy, um, which is something more new for me, you know, doing a video podcast versus just a regular audio podcast. Right. So, um, but I also think too, like, especially cause like, this is what I do. There's something to be said about like learning and growing in your field and in your niche. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, but also it's great to like learn and to take those opportunities to evolve where you can. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How have you seen yourself evolve over the years in, in this craft and just in this space? That is such a good, such a good question. Honestly, (laughs) Valerie, like if I were to go back and like redo my podcast all over again from the beginning, I thought about, I'm like, you know, do I re-record? I'm like, no, those first episodes are meant to be the way they are. But even just like the confidence of speaking on a mic mm. has changed drastically. Like when I go back and listen to, I've actually never really gone back and like listened to a lot of the earlier stuff that I did. Um, I'm weird like that. Like, I don't like when, like if I wrote something and you read it out loud to me, like, I don't like when people like read stuff back. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh God, I'm like, oh yeah. no. <laughs> um, and so I think the biggest piece though, is like that confidence piece of being able to like, you know, I remember the first podcast interview I ever did. Um, I had, they had sent me questions in advance and I wrote out all of my answers. I didn't even know like what to answer. I was like, oh my gosh, like what if I make a mistake? Like all this stuff. Right. And then, you know, what happens is everything's fine. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you got, you get through the interview, you did a good job, you know, mm-hmm. and it builds that confidence up the whole way. So I would say the biggest change that I've seen 
in myself has been that confidence to show up, you know, as an authority in what I'm talking about and to be confident in what I'm saying and to like, know that it's okay if you make a mistake and if you fumble, because A, it can be edited out and B, people like that. You know what I mean? It's like real life, right? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So do you have any tips for people of how to gain more confidence when you're on the microphone? I love that question. Um, I do. I think that the biggest piece of advice that I would say is just to keep your recording like rolling. It's not going to be perfect. And I think the, the quicker we can take the idea of perfectionism out of podcasting, the easier it's going to be for you to hit that record Mm -hmm. button and to get the content out there. Um, you know, and doing things to support yourself in how you want to show up. So by the way, I mean by that is like, if you do better with bullet points, write out bullet points, you know, if you do better Mm -hmm. ad-libbing, ad-lib, you know, if you do better with just having a couple prep questions for an interview and, you know, you want to free freestyle and free flow the rest of it, do that, you know? Um, and also script the whole thing if you need to, you know? I was going to say, you haven't yeah. said anything about a script. Are you yeah. a of scripts or not? I I like them. I, I When I do my solo episodes, it really depends on like the mood that I'm in. But like if I do mm-hmm. a solo episode, um, I like to have a script in front of me so I know what I'm talking about. It's, so I, I get like a good idea and I'm like, oh, I really want to hit on that point. And I want to like make sure that I actually talk about that. So that would be like a good reason you know, to use a script. One thing that I would say about a script is just making sure that it doesn't sound like you're reading, you know, you want to really sound like you're talking to, you know, people and you're having a conversation with whoever's listening to you on the other end, because you can tell when people are reading off a a script, right. You can tell (laughs) and they're like, and then I did this period, you know, and it's like, and then we did this and it's like, okay, you can hear that when people are talking. Yeah. So those would be my biggest tips is like big, biggest takeaway from that is, you know, making sure that you are doing things to support your best way of showing up and however that looks like for you needs to come from, from you ultimately. That's great. That's wonderful. So as far as like promoting your own business and your own podcasts, like, have you found any specific things, um, to work really well for getting the word out? Um, anything that you have used for marketing your own brands that has really brought you just, you know, a win here and there, whether it was a complex strategy or a simple strategy. I love, that's a really good question. Um, and I'll be the first to say that I've never been the one to prioritize the promotion of my own business, which is not a good thing. And I think that as a business owner, it's easy to let yourself be last, especially when you're. So where do people find you? If you have prioritized marketing. No, but it's a good point. But so here's the thing. So I, I I know the value of it because I obviously like, you know, we do tons of, of promotional stuff. I'm, I'm always trying to create content if, and when I can. Right. Right. So people find me through Instagram prime, like is a good source um, that they find me through. And what I've realized is they're finding me through past posts. So it may not be something that I'm posting today or something that I posted mm-hmm. yesterday. And it could be something that I posted, you know, three weeks ago or a month ago or a year ago. And people find it through your hashtags. One thing that I've noticed and I've heard a lot is that people find me through um, the podcast producer um, and podcast manager hashtags. I've had a lot of clients come to me who are like, I was just searching on Instagram and I put in, you know, hashtag podcast manager and you were the first one that came up. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And it has to be because of the content that I have on there. Yeah. 
right? So that would be like, that's a huge place. And then, you know, from there, my business now is about 90% referral based, I would say, which is great. Um, but before it got to that point, I had to show up right before I got to that point, like I leveraged my Facebook network, which is random. But if you think about all the random friends you have on Facebook, it's like thousands of friends. You never know who's watching. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, definitely there LinkedIn and Instagram have all three been really good, um, like sources of, of business for me, uh, as well as my newsletter. So I have a couple free guides on my website. Um, I recently just redid my, my website and made it more SEO friendly. It actually, like, it actually like shows up like my, this is a side tangent, but my past website, um, didn't have like the SSL, like security on it. So anytime it was so bad. So anytime anyone would go onto it, it would show up like all of these, like warning, warning, warning. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh my goodness. And so Google was like, absolutely not. You can go to the down, like to the last page on the whole, you know, whatever, but now it actually comes up. So people will find me through my freebies on my website, but again, can come from Instagram, right? Like you can see those clicks, like those clicks come from social media. So, you know, even though you post something on social media now, you may not see the benefit today. You may not see the benefit tomorrow, but it will benefit you. And I think that's like the most important part about showing up. And like, you know, I will tell you, Valerie, like when we're doing, um, when we're finding guests for my clients podcast, if you don't have a social media presence, we're not considering you. And I don't even mean that in like an egotistical way. Like you could be so great at what you're sharing, but if you don't have a network, what's the value trade, right? Like what's the trade for my client to have someone on their, on their, on their show. Right. Um, so it's important. And I know, you know, the value of that too. So (laughs) no, I do. Well, it's, it's encouraging to hear you say that hashtags are still being so helpful because in the short run or the, you know, the short term, a lot of times hashtags don't feel as effective for people, Yeah, you know, um, as far as like number of likes from new people, um, usually it's more like, stories and reels that are going to get you noticed by new faces today on Instagram. But I love what you're saying here is just a few strategic hashtags are letting you come up when you know people are searching for those specific kinds of things. Um, And I, I haven't looked at your profile in huge depth to see like if you're putting 30 hashtags on each post, I'm guessing you're probably just doing a handful. Um, I do like, I would say I do like between like 15 ish to like 20. And I try and change them up depending on what the post is specific to, but I try and have like those constant hashtags too. Yeah. Um, because I feel like, you know, and I don't know a whole lot about like how the hashtag, like an algorithm works per se, but like, you know, I feel like if you have a couple that are constant, like, I feel like it's like recognizing you as like, this is what, and and I do know that if you have hashtags that are not specific to your content, like it just doesn't even you know, it's gotta be specific to what you're talking about. Right. It's gotta be relevant. Yeah. yeah I, yeah, I, for sure. I see people using both approaches. I talked to folks mm. about like, there's some hashtags that you'll put in because people are searching for those keywords. Yeah. Um, and then you put other hashtags in that you just want to subconsciously tell your audience, this is what I do, you know? And in a lot of ways, like that's part of why hashtags are becoming more relevant on pl- platforms like LinkedIn, but A lot of times I will put hashtags on LinkedIn posts purely for that subconscious quick message of like, Hey, this is the only word that someone looks at on my posts today. I want them to know that I do social media. I want them to know I do content marketing. 
I want them to know I do podcast production in your case. Like exactly. put those, put those phrases in because people are skimming. They're not always reading the full huge post, mm-hmm. but it's encouraging to me that the hashtags are working in, um, it's encouraging me to me too, because the disappearing content in stories is so popular today, but yet for you, you're saying that some of the like permanent content is what is actually performing well for you. So, um, sometimes people get so focused on the latest trendy thing that they forget about the old tried and true types of content you can do on platforms and they still can help your, your platform and your brand out in a lot of great ways. Exactly. And, you know, I think too, like, it's not always about going viral. It's not always about, you know, having that post that reaches 50,000 views. Like that's great. And it's nice when that happens, but then what happens is you have a bunch of people who are following you for like a funny video that you may have done who may not resonate at all with your content. Like I would rather have 20 views on a reel than have a hundred thousand. If that meant those 20 views were people that are actually cared about my content. You know, it's not about like, you know, I use stories for like market research. If I have a quick question to like engage my audience, because of course everyone goes to stories first, I'll do like behind the scenes of like my day. And like, I post a lot about my dog and whatever those little things. Right. Yeah. Cause those are the things that build that relationship. But then when I have a launch, like when I'm launching something, it goes in my feed. I want that to be there. Right. I want people to see that. And then I can share that to my stories and people are like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense because she talks about X, Y, and Z in her stories all the time. Oh, makes so much sense that she would launch X, Y, and Z about this, or she would have a free guide to help you launch this, you know, like those little things, right? Like they work together, but you can't have just one and not the other. Like you have to have both. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like having, I mean, that's kind of the case across social media at large too. Like you just mentioned earlier, a few minutes ago, Instagram, but also Facebook and LinkedIn Mm -hmm. were strategic for you. Like you didn't put all your eggs in just one basket. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's an important thing to, to note as well. Um, So, so yeah, that's great. Um, As far as like podcasting goes, like, do you have any advice for somebody who's thinking of, a new podcast idea and not sure, like, how do you get that going? What are the first steps? Where should somebody start? So I think the first place to start, and this is my favorite place to start with anything that I do with my clients, with my own self, whatever. I like to start with why, and this is like Simon Mm -hmm. Sinek's start with why. Why are you doing this particular thing? Why are people going to care? Why, why do you want to have this show? And the reason why I say that is because that's, what's going to keep you anchored in those moments where you don't feel like doing your editing, when you don't feel like bringing your podcast and making it live, like your stronger, why is what's going to keep you grounded in the bigger purpose of your show. Once you've identified that, why Then I would suggest that, you know, you take a look at, you know, what kind of name do you want for your podcast? What niche do you feel like you're going to follow, like that you're going to fall in? Yeah. Um, What type of podcast do you want? You want to have like an interview style? Are you doing, you know, solo episodes? Do you have a co-host? Is it a series? Is it bi-weekly? Is it, is it a weekly podcast, right? Like how, what's the structure of the show? Sure. Um, And then I would say going into your like mission of the podcast, I love creating mission statements for podcasts because 
and this is something that I do with my, with my clients when we're getting started is really clearly defining like, who is this show for? Why are people going to care? What are they hoping to gain from it? And when you have that mission, that mission statement, everything drives from there. Your mm-hmm. intro drives from there. Your outro drives from there. Your show description drives from there. And then, um, and your trailer as well, if you want to have a trailer for your show and then bringing those pieces together, then you can start to record because your message is aligning, right? Then what kind of music do you want to pick? So that's kind of like the, the, the process and like yeah. the, the flow, but I, I have a download and I can send you the link for it. If you wanted to put it in the show notes and it kind of breaks down like what you should do every sure. single week to like hit that launch. Um, great. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send it your way because I feel like having a little bit of structure and like a little bit of guidance is always nice when you have no idea where you're going to start. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is all like a spinoff question. And it's something mm-hmm. that I have wondered, um, do you have any tips for like somebody who's trying to maybe find a co-host for a mm-hmm. show? How do you go about finding the right person for that? Um, cause I, I have that. an idea for a show it has nothing to do with my business. Well, it's, it's tangential to my business, but, um, it'd be more of a hobby passion project kind of a thing, but I think it could be really fun with a co-host, but I don't know, like, how do I get even started to find the right person? That's such a good question. So there's, um, one of the, one of the things I've seen people do is post in Facebook groups, like asking, mm-hmm. you know, I want to start a show about X, Y, and Z. Is there anyone here who would be interested in co-hosting this podcast for me or with me? Sorry. And yeah. what's great about that is you're tapping into a network of people who are already podcasters who kind of already get it. They understand the production side of it. Odds yeah. are they have their own podcast or maybe they did have one and they folded it like what, whatever. Right. Yeah. So then you have someone who's like well-versed and like they know what to do and like where to start. Then I would say making sure that you align with that person and you have very clearly defined like roles, who is taking care of what, so that there's mm-hmm. no frustration because having a co-host is like, it's managing a whole new relationship, right? Yeah. And you want to make sure that you have clear, like a business would, you have clear roles, you have clear responsibilities, you know, who's taking care of what, and you're each like happy with that. Maybe one person is more the creative, maybe one person is more the tech, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's one thing that I would really think about. And you have to make sure that you like jive with that person. And then the person has the capacity and like, will actually show up and, yeah. and do the recordings. Right. Um, and then of course, like, I'm sure you are, you already know this for sure, but like, I would bank the content in advance in case you can't align those dates to mm-hmm. record. So like making sure you have a lot of content kind of stocked so that you, you know, and you make it a point to have a, um, like regular standing meeting, like, I don't know, once a month or whatever. And you go and you record content. So I would say like, you know, check Facebook groups for sure. Put a call out even on your own social media pages and see, you never know. And talk a little bit about what the show idea is. Give people that insight, make sure your values align, and then make sure you take the time to record the content in advance. Nice. I like it. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know. In my mind, I'm like, would that even work? I know. I know, but I also I get am the it. kind of person that, you know, as a started off as a freelancer, solopreneur, now I have a couple of people I work with, but like group projects are not always in the car. Like a lot of times I'm just working solo. I have my tasks, yeah. I'm covering my bases or I'm, I'm working in a group project, but I'm not leading it. Exactly. Um, and it, this kind of thing would definitely be a more hands-on group project. So exactly, it's definitely exactly. requires a little bit more forethought. 
It really does. And I think it's doable too, especially if you have like the right co-host and you actually like drive really well and like you have a good time yeah. doing it a hundred percent. Um, but again, just like making sure that you, and you have the time and space in your life to, to do it too. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. If it's a big enough passion or totally like you'll find this, you'll find a time. Totally. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I was telling you, I've had a crazy summer, but in the midst of that, I found some time to, uh, start another podcast, um, that is completely unrelated, but I did it like during little pockets of time. Now, granted it was something that did not require coordinating with a co-host and it's something that will probably be like a 30 episodes and I'm done kind of a thing. But, um, but I went into it knowing that like, this is a project for just this season of life. Um, and I was able to make a priority for it. So Mm, I love that. But yeah. Is it live? Um, not yet, not yet. Okay. Not yet. So, um, but similar to what you're talking about, like I just banked a ton of the recordings while I had the time and then I can let it all drip out when I'm ready to. I think that's the other thing I've seen this with like book launches. I've seen this with social media content. I see it with people doing podcasts too. Like you, you record your stuff and then you're just so anxious to get it out and sometimes you rush that process. Totally. And it's unnecessary. You could put a little bit more forethought. The world doesn't know that you have these recordings or this book ready to go. You could really build up some hype around your book or your podcast or exactly whatever the case may be. Um, and then have plenty of stuff to just let roll out because life happens. Exactly. And, uh, we've seen that here in the last few years, you know, like sickness can hit you at any point and, having stuff in the bank to so push out and not have to record something. If you've lost your voice or you feel sick or whatever. Exactly. And you're like hopping on, you're doing your intro and you're like, Oh my God, I'm so sick right now. <laughs> People are like, are you okay? Right. <laughs> you committed to doing something every week. And, and, exactly. You know, but if exactly. you've got those, those batched recordings, you know, you've got a bunch that you can pull from it really does make a huge difference. So, totally. and honestly, I love that you said that because I think that's so important. And I, I think that, you know, that is so true. People are just so eager to get everything out all the time. And it's like, you've put so much love and so much care into this. Just, you have to launch it properly. And like, you know, I'm in the process of launching a new podcast myself and I was aiming for a beginning of September launch. And I was like, we're going to Europe for two weeks. And I'm at the end of August, I'm like, why am I rushing this. You know what I mean? Like I literally, I'm going to push, so I push it back to October. I'm like, nobody knows the difference. I mean, now everyone listening to the podcast knows, but that's okay. I'm like, but it's better for that. You know, it's better that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, with books, people push it so much. Um, and they're like, I think they have this thought that as soon as the book's done with editing, that it's ready to go live and they don't realize that there's so many pieces to the launch process of that product. And we talked about this on our panel that when you can spend weeks or months really building up hype for a product that you finished months ago, exactly. (laughs) you know, again, the world doesn't need to know that your book is all done or that your podcast has, you know, already has 10 episodes ready to, ready to go. Um, but then you can really focus on building a launch team and, um, getting the right promotion out and thinking about what social media content you're doing and building your lists and all these things that when you're ready to actually go live with it, yeah, you can do. So yeah. 
And, you know, it's interesting you say that because I, and I know that one thing that you, cause when we were on our panel together, you talked a lot about this, having that launch team. And I think that's so important. Um, and also having a list, like I've talked to so many authors mm-hmm. and by doing podcasts, like we're doing their podcasts right. and we're getting ready to do their launches and I'm helping them build their launch plan. Cause that's one piece that we do is we make sure there's an actual launch plan with all of your marketing channels in mind. Right. Right. And the amount of times that authors will say, I don't have a list. I'm like, but how do you not have a list? You just launched your book. Mm -hmm. You just did a book launch and you just sold however many copies you should have all those names. Do you know what I mean? It's so crazy to me. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So like pro tip, build that email list. Even if you don't think it's valuable right now, you don't think you're ever going to use it. You might. And it's really important to have that available. Even 10 people, it's 10 people than you, that you would have, you know, had before. So, well, and that goes back to like you, you know, how you talked about how you started kind of just building your own business is you started with the people that you knew. Um, and the reality is like everybody out there has folks in their connections, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, like I regularly go through my friend list and I'm like, all right, who is, who would be a good podcast guest for this podcast? Mm. Like who in my network have I connected with recently that I should ask on the show? Um, you know, and I don't know how much the, everybody else scours those, or, um, I had a friend recently move to Nashville, Tennessee. Mm. And so I went through my friend list and I just, you know, spent 20 minutes scrolling through, manually because they don't make that easy. Yeah, but they don't make it easy. Scrolling through and like who of my friends do I know that are in Nashville? And I was able to do a bunch of connections to her. But it reminded me of like, oh yeah, this person does this and that person does that. And oh I should connect with them for this. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many other things that come up just when you remind yourself of like who is in your network. Um, and and yeah for a podcast launch I think that's that's key because there, depending upon what your podcast or content really is about, like there are people in your network who have similar interests. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other side of it too, is you never know who has an interest and they just haven't expressed it yet, or they've gone exactly. through something and they haven't gone public with it. Um, but you talking about your podcast, uh, could be really powerful and beneficial for them. So exactly. Exactly. And like, you know, you never know how people are connected. And like when I was first building my business, I started everything on Fiverr. Like I had a freelancing profile on Fiverr. I had my regular clients on Fiverr, excuse me, that I would edit for every single week. And, you know, at some point I was like, let's shift this. And so I, I thought about what kind of business do I want to have? You know, how, how do I want the relationships in that business to be right? Like, how do I, what do I, what do I, what do I want in my life? Mm -hmm. And I really wanted clients and I'm so grateful. All of my clients feel like friends. Do you know what I mean? And of Mm -hmm. course there's about like, of course there's boundaries, like, you know, whatever, but they tell me about their kids and I tell them about my life and you know, there's no like, you know, they're like, how was wine night with the girls? You know what I mean? And it's Mm -hmm. like stuff like that. That's the kind of business that I always wanted. You know, I came from a very corporate world where you don't get any of that. And so when I migrated my clients over, it was, you know, 
I did it because I wanted to build that relationship with them. And I did it because I wanted to support them and help them grow their show. And, and it's, you can, you can only do so much through a freelancing app, you know, Yeah. and it ended up being great. And then, you know, the more they get to know you, the more people get to trust you. Right. And they're like, wow, this person actually does a good job. And they actually care about their work that they're doing. And they actually care about my life. Right. Like, I just think that I don't know, decent well, I mean, kindness. <laughs> the type of work that you're doing, like you get so into everybody's stories. Yeah. That I think the reality is like, I wish I had not? earlier on. It's like, don't waste your time with people who you don't resonate with. Exactly. You know, if they are not your, your ideal person to work with and you don't enjoy hearing their stories or promoting their story and their brand, like don't waste yeah. the time. It's not worth and, it. You know, you can even think of that in the sense of like, um, guests that you bring on your show. If mm-hmm. you don't resonate with that guest, you can tell like you, if you, if you are in tune with yourself, you can tell yeah. if you resonate with someone right off the bat or not. And if they, if you think that their story may not be as impactful as you're hoping for on your podcast, you don't have to bring people on as a guest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to, yeah, it's so you can important. also crop sections. Out yes. <laughs> crop that down. <laughs> I mean, there's been times where like we're recording and somebody starts going like into something political or gets about something. And I'm like, we're just, that's fine. You keep talking, but we're going to just crop that out. You know, (laughs) you have that liberty if it's your show. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the podcast for that. Yeah. There are other podcasts for that. If you want to go on other great podcasts for that. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Well, if you had one piece of advice for anyone who's listening about how to take their podcasting to the next level, whether they're just thinking about it or they've been doing it for a while. Um, what advice would you leave them with? Oh, that's such a powerful question. Okay. I would say to, okay, this is like a very left field answer, but I would say to prioritize kindness. Okay. Mm. And what I mean by this is at the end of the day, we're all human beings, whether you're right. communicating with someone on social media, you're blasting them, you know, through your newsletter. Um, you have a guest on your podcast, you are running ads at the end of the day, whoever is consuming and watching and being a part of your experience is a human being, right? The way that we build relationships is through kindness and caring genuine care about other people. Yeah. When you can approach things by that mindset of like giving and giving someone value as yep. opposed to getting the, the getting will always come. Right. You know what I mean? If you're open to the giving, you know? So I would say if you're wanting to like elevate, prioritize your, the way that you're showing up, prioritize your kindness because that prioritizes your community and your community is what helps you grow, right? Your community are the people who are sharing your show that your community are the people who actually care about what you're, what you're talking about every single day. So the more kindness you can show them, I think the more you will get back in return. I love that. Thanks. Such an unexpected, like, (laughs) but I mean, after being in business now for about 10 years, like it's, it's very true. The more you give out, like it just naturally comes back to you. So I am in full support of the advice you just heard. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, before we sign off here, if people want to get more from you or just, uh, connect more, where can they find you? Yes. You can find me on Instagram. It's at Simona with two underscores and then Costantini C O S T A N T I N I. And then my website is Simona and it has all of my links on there too. Um, but I think those would be the best two places. And then I also have uh, the free resources on my website as well. Um, and, uh, you can check those out too. And if you have any questions, just send me an email. I'll, I'll always answer. I'm, I'm a real person on the other end. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks Simona for sharing so much of your story and your wisdom today. And, um, just for being a friend, it's so great meeting somebody, uh, brand new from a conference and just feeling like you connect instantly. So I'm grateful for your friendship and grateful that you came on today. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I'm so grateful for you. And uh, yeah, this was amazing. Thank you. If you liked what you just heard, please hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes. And while you're at it, go ahead and leave us a review. That not only helps us out, but it helps others discover great interviews just like this one.